Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, my name's Austin, and I'm 23 years old. I'm going to tell you my crazy life story today. But before that, please don't forget to subscribe to the channel to show your support to me. It all started when I graduated from college. Like every other person, I was looking for a job. I'll admit, my grades were not really good, so it was quite difficult to find a job. I applied to a lot of companies and got rejected by many of them. One day, I went for an interview to a very reputed company. The weird thing was that I was the only job applicant there. Everywhere else, the competition was tough. I was asked to wait for a few minutes. I almost fainted from shock when I saw the CEO of the company making her way towards me. I thought that she was just passing by, but it turned out that she was going to interview me. Could it get any worse than this? I entered the office nervously. She was quite intimidating, and being in her presence alone was enough to make me sweat nervously. Please take a seat, she said politely. I sat down and opened my mouth to say something, but she beat me to it. I've gone through your resume already, she said. I won't lie, it's not really the best, but it's not that bad either. I don't really care about your grades. What matters here is your performance. You'll be on probation for the first few weeks. I'll observe you closely. If you're suitable for the job, you'll get it. Well, this wasn't even an interview. She had gotten straight to business. I guess I was lucky since there were no other applicants. Maybe that's why they hired me. Sure, I replied. What do I have to do? When should I start? You can start today, she said. We don't have time to waste. You'll be working as my personal assistant. I nodded. Okay, ma'am. No need for formalities. You can call me Bianca. She smiled. She may have seemed nice, but something about her was unsettling. Were all employers this kind? I didn't think much about it, though, because I desperately needed the job. No one else was going to hire me. I had messed up my grades big time, so it was better to seize the opportunity that I was getting. My work started slow. I was shown around the office, and Bianca asked me to bring some files to her, and get familiar to her schedule. Things were going quite smoothly, and 
till it was time to leave. It was about seven in the evening and everyone had already left. I was getting ready to leave too when Bianca appeared in front of me. Where do you think you're going? She asked. Uh, I'm going back home? I responded uncertainly. Who said you could do that? She frowned. Your work is not over yet. You have to read some files and make a summary before the meeting that's scheduled for tomorrow morning. What? I gaped at her. But, 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 why didn't you tell me earlier? Because I needed you to do other jobs then, she replied. Did you think this job was easy? Why do you think no one else applied for the position? Oh god, was this job really that bad? What had I gotten myself into? Don't worry, it's not as scary as you think, Bianca said. You'll get used to it. Come, I'll show you something. She brought me to her office and leaned under the desk to show me what looked like a rectangular opening. My eyes widened when I saw it. I mean, I didn't have the chance to be on this side of the desk, so I hadn't noticed this earlier. It was quite crazy. There was a whole path, led by stairs. Bianca went down and asked me to follow. I hesitantly went in after her, and a few seconds later, I found myself standing in a small, dark room. This is a special room, where my personal assistants are supposed to live, she informed me. It's yours now. What? Why? I exclaimed. I don't want to live here. I, I have a perfectly good home. What about your work? She raised an eyebrow. It's not a simple nine-to-five job. You have to start early in the morning and stay here as long as I want you to. Now, don't waste my time and get started with the files. I'll see you tomorrow. Before I could protest further, she turned around and left. I stood there in shock for some time before coming back to my senses. I couldn't believe that this was really happening to me. I hardly found a job and it turned out to be like this. I was in no position to quit, either. I decided to stay there for a night and finish my work. I would talk to Bianca the next day and tell her to make some different arrangements. The next day after the meeting, when I talked to her, she started laughing. I think I went too easy on you, <laughs> she shook her head with a smile. Bold of you to come here and make such demands from me. Who do you think is the boss here? Uh, I'm sorry if I crossed a line, I quickly said, but please try to understand. Working like this is a bit... It's uncomfortable for me. Well, deal with it, she replied. You're getting paid, and you should be thankful that I even provided you with a room. I could have made you sleep on the cold office floor, you know. I was starting to understand now why no one wanted to work as her assistant. This was downright cruel. I tolerated this mistreatment for the next few days, living and sleeping in the room under Bianca's desk. As I said, I was desperate. She used to make me work like a slave, find faults with everything I did, and then make me do it again and again. Every day was the same. I barely got time for myself. Heck, I couldn't even find time to sleep. I tried to talk to the other employees, but no one was ready to hear a word against her. They used to literally worship the ground she walked on. I mean, yeah, she was hot, but her personality sucked. Or could it be that I was the only one she used to treat like that? because everyone else seemed quite happy and satisfied with her. Whatever it was, I decided that the job was not worth it. I would rather work part-time in a convenience store. So, one day, I went to Bianca's to let her know that I wanted to quit. 
I stood waiting in front of her desk as she was reading a file. She looked up after a few minutes. What is it? She inquired. Why are you slacking off? I want to quit, I said. I've written my resignation letter. Here. I took out the letter from my pocket and placed it on the desk. Oh, really? That's quite interesting. She leaned forward in her seat. Can you please pass me the letter? I I can't reach it. Ugh. She was still using me like a slave. I slid the letter towards her, and in the process, my hand collided with something that was kept on the desk. There was a loud crashing sound, and I almost jumped from fright. On a closer look, I realized that it was a perfume bottle. I, I, I'm sorry, I apologized. I didn't do it on purpose. Oh my god, Bianca exclaimed. That was a limited edition product. Do you know what I had to go through to get that? And do you know how much it costs? I'll compensate you for it, I said. I really didn't mean to do it. Ha, she smirked. Compensate me? It's worth more than your life. You won't be able to pay back even if you work here forever. She showed me the bill and I knew that she wasn't lying. That's when I knew that I had landed myself in a really big mess. Is this what they called hitting rock bottom? Then what else can I do? I asked, trying to keep my voice steady. This wasn't going in a good direction. First of all, she picked up my resignation letter and tore it apart. Forget about quitting this job. You and I both know that you won't be able to find another job like this. And I'll have no option but to sue you if you don't compensate me for the damage. I gulped. But I won't be able to do it either way. Yeah, but since I'm generous, I'll give you another way out. She smiled. Just keep working here like you're already doing. You'll have to stay in the room that I provided you with. Also, you can't tell anyone about this whole thing, or... I'll take that as an invitation to sue you. I'll get a contract made with all these points and send it to you later. But, but, but this is too much, I protested. I can't do this forever. I, I want to work, but I can't keep living here. She sighed. Look, I'm being really kind right now. Don't tick me off or I might take back my offer. Well, what other choice did I have? I had to go through with that contract and keep slaving for her. I am writing this story from the room where I'm currently stuck. I don't see any hope for my future. I'm literally stuck here. I've always heard that being homeschooled was boring. And I guess sometimes it could be true. You don't get to meet a lot of people. You don't get to make new friends. The only people I know are my parents, my cousins, and the three tutors my mom and dad hired to teach me. But I never got lonely. And my life was amazing. See, my parents are both owners of a huge game developing company. They're huge gamers themselves. So as soon as I could speak, mom and dad have been sharing their passion with me. While most kids are prohibited by their parents from playing video games, I was encouraged to do so. My first ever birthday gift was an Xbox. I would play day in and day out. On one condition, of course that I finish my homework before I put a controller in my hand. What's more is that mom and dad paid me for it. For every hour that I put into playing games, they paid me a hundred bucks. I was their most important game tester. 
I would be the first one to try out every new game they made. And depending on whether or not I enjoyed it, they would either release the game or scrap it altogether. Not everyone agreed with my parents' methods, though. I heard the neighbors talking behind my mom and dad's back when they came to visit. They would express their concerns about me being cooped up at home and being in front of a screen most of the time. And the kids in our neighborhood didn't like me at all. I think they were jealous that mom and dad let me do what I want. And they were jealous of the fact that I had all the games I wanted and all the consoles that their parents never got for them. I had all the Xboxes, all the Playstations, three gaming PCs, and every handheld imaginable. Well, they had to do chores. I was getting paid to play games. I thought having lots of toys would make making friends much easier. I thought I could invite them over and they'd like me. But they only came for my toys. They didn't care about me at all, and they certainly didn't want to be friends. In fact, whenever they'd come over to visit, they'd grab my controller from me and banish me from the game room. We don't want you in here, Nolan. Yeah, you're weird. You have no friends and you're homeschooled. Homeschooled kids always turn out weird. I bet you'll grow up to become a creep. Now get out. They didn't care that it was my console, my game room, or my house. They treated me like I was some sort of pest. High school was different, though. I convinced my parents to send me to a regular school. And because I begged and begged and promised mom and dad that I'd make sure I'd get top grades, they eventually let me. It was tough. I didn't know anyone. And I was a huge nerd. At first, some people were interested in getting to know the new kid. But when I opened my mouth, everything fell apart. I had no idea how to talk to other people. And most of the time, I'd ramble on and on and on and on and on and on about boring subjects. Eventually, I got branded as the school weirdo. And not many people wanted to hang out with me. There were a few people who did hang out with me, but it wasn't great. They only wanted to be my friends because of the things I had. Whenever there was a big game release, they would use me to ask my parents to give them the game before it hits the stores. And they would constantly badger me about getting free merch. They supported me whenever I'd compete in esports tournaments, but only so that they could get free tickets and sit in the VIP area. They've weaseled their way into more than a few exclusive events and Comic-Cons just by being my friend. And at first, I was happy to share all the perks in my life. After all, they were my friends. But then they stopped talking to me at school. They would ignore me whenever they didn't need anything from me. And when I'd try to sit with them, they'd shoo me away. It got to a point where they treated me like they didn't know me at all. Pfft, why are you here? Can't you, like, go eat somewhere else? Yeah, can't you see we're talking here? Unless you've got a new game you're giving us, you can't sit with us. Now leave. The only time I got to really see them was when there was a sleepover or a party at my house. Whenever that happened, they were all in attendance. And they acted like angels in front of mom and dad. But as soon as they left us alone, they'd push me out of the room and force me to sit outside. Luckily, high school didn't last forever. And in college, I finally got over my awkward phase. I met a pretty girl called Hanako. 
and we hit it off instantly. She and I liked a lot of the same things. She was a gamer too, and we spent a lot of our time talking about our favorites and playing together. One day, my mom and dad hired me to officially be a game tester for their company, and I convinced them to hire Hanako as well. We studied during the day, and at night, we played to our heart's content. Hanako and I fell deeply in love. Or, at least, I did. Because one night, as I was sitting in the dark with my mom, my friends and our co-workers getting ready to surprise Hanako for her birthday, she walked in with someone none of us were expecting. It was my dad. And they were kissing. They had no idea we were there. As they made their way into the house, Hanako turned the lights on. She jumped in utter shock. She was so mortified at discovering that everyone she knew was there. It looked like her spirit left her body. Happy birthday. I, I guess. Dad went into panic mode. Nora, uh, sweetheart, it's not what it looks like. Really? Were you giving your son's girlfriend first aid? Was she drowning from the air so you had to resuscitate her? I want you out of the house, Joe. I want you out tonight. Baby, Nora, sweetheart, calm down. It's nothing. She's just a fling. Come on now. You know how it is with these girls. They attach themselves to powerful men like me because they want to get ahead at work. I promised her a promotion, that's it. Uh, excuse me? Hanako finally snapped out of her shock. She was mad. A fling? You liar! You told me you were going to leave her for me! You told her you'd get rid of her and we could finally run the company together! Then she turned to my mom and looked her up and down. You are old news! I'm the new queen in town! Mom wasted no time in slapping her across the face. You'll be homeless and broke before I let any of that happen, Missy. I admire your ambition, but you flew too close to the sun. As it so happens, I invited the entire board of directors tonight. And after this display, I doubt any one of them will side with either of you. I move to remove my soon-to-be ex-husband as CEO and board member. All in favor? One hand rose up from the crowd, then two. Soon, every single board member there had their hands up. Mom smiled at Hanako. Oh, and you're fired, sweetheart. But why is the entire board of directors here? Because I had an important announcement to make. I invited all these people here because... I took out a small velvet box from my pocket, and I showed them the gold ring inside. The diamond was massive, and when Hanako saw it, her eyes saw dollar signs. W well this was all a huge mistake anyways. We can still fix this, uh, right? I laughed in her face. Get lost, gold digger! Don't ever come near me again! I threw the ring into the fireplace and walked out of there. I managed to keep the tears in until I was alone, but as soon as I went out and sat down in the garden, I started sobbing like a baby. I thought Hanukkah was the love of my life. I loved her with all my heart, and just like that, 
everything was ruined. I didn't know what to do, or how to keep going. But someone showed me kindness that night. I felt the tap on my shoulder, and when I looked up, I saw my secretary, June. She offered me a tissue, and I took it gratefully. I blew my nose and apologized. What for? For... Losing it? For crying over a stupid gold digger? June giggled. I... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I know. It probably hurts a lot. But... If I were you, I wouldn't waste a single tear over someone like that. You are Nolan Summers. You're a prodigy at gaming. You've been an incredible game tester since you were a kid. You've won several international esports competitions. You're a legend amongst gamers. And your family owns the country's biggest game company. If anything, she should be the one crying now. I smiled at her. Thank you. You're very kind for saying all that. I'm just stating facts. You're amazing, and any girl would be lucky to have you. Thanks to June, I learned to get back up and try again. I focused all my energy into work. I developed amazing games with my mom, and when my dad tried to start up his own game company, we crushed him beneath our heels and sued him for using our trademarks and ideas. He and Hanako soon broke up when she realized he was going to be broke for a long time, and she never got any jobs in the gaming industry after news of the scandal broke out. Last I heard, she was flipping burgers for a living. I took the company to new heights, and then my own pet project won Game of the Year. I was so happy that day that I decided to propose again, this time to June. She said yes. We're four years married now, and I can't be happier. We have two kids, and I built them both an amazing game room. One day, when they're old enough, June and I will share with them the wonderful world of gaming that I discovered when I was little. I grew up around girls. My mom was a single mother of eight, and all my sisters were older than me. I was the baby. But I was also the cause of my sister's envy. Because I was the only boy, my mother doted on me. She named me Prince, and she lavished me with gifts and love and care. And my sisters resented me for it. Every Christmas, I got a lot of toys. Mom treated me like her little star. She would boast about me to her friends, and every chance she got, she would make me sing in front of her friends at family parties, and whenever she would take me to her workplace. She was so proud to have a child who had talent, when all my other siblings did was spend her money and shop for clothes. And although I understand that it wasn't right that Mom played favorites, I also don't think it was a good reason for what my sisters did to me. She had always wanted to be a singer, but once she got married, she had to give up her career. My sisters were never good at music, and that had always disappointed her, especially because my sisters weren't interested in learning how to sing at all. But I loved it, my earliest memory was a mom singing me a lullaby, and the moment I could talk, I began to sing. From that moment on, my sisters began to make my life a living nightmare. At school, they pretended like they didn't know me, 
They would humiliate me to my classmates by telling embarrassing stories that only they knew, and they made sure none of the girls were interested in me. Every time I tried to talk to a girl I liked, they would swarm her and take her away. They would all tell her lies about me, and the very next day, that girl would not want to be anywhere near me. At home, they blamed me for everything that went wrong. They made sure Mom didn't have any more reasons to like me over them. One night, they went out without Mom's permission to a party. I begged them to take me. Are you kidding? You at one of our parties? They're going to laugh at us. You don't belong in our space. Do you know how popular we are? <laughs> oh, it'd be too embarrassing. They'll say we hang out with dorks. My other sisters agreed, and they left without me. That night, they woke me up, panicked. Marina grabbed my arm, and they all dragged me down to the garage in the middle of the night. And I saw why. Mom's car was scratched up pretty bad. It turned out they took it without asking her, and none of them really knew how to drive. You have to help us! You have to fix it! How am I supposed to fix that? I don't know. Aren't you supposed to be a genius? Figure it out. I can't fix everything. It's your fault for taking the car out. Actually, no. It's your fault. At least, that's what you'll tell Mom in the morning. What? If you really want us to let you hang out with us, you should tell Mom you went to that party. And it was your idea to take the car. Maybe we'll even introduce you to Haley. I know you have a crush on her. And if you do this, we won't get in the way. Despite my better judgment, I did as they asked. I guess I really just wanted to be friends with my sisters. I wanted them to accept me. So when Mom found out the next morning, I fessed up to something I didn't do. I thought my sisters would be right. I thought Mom would brush it off like she usually did because it was me. But it was the first and only time I saw Mom really mad at me. She didn't shout. She didn't scold me. She just fell silent. The look of disappointment in her eyes was more than enough to tell me what she thought. She didn't speak to me at all. But before I could even think that she would eventually forgive me, my sisters blamed me again for another thing they did. They stole Mom's jewelry and pawned them so they could go shopping. And they made sure to buy me some stuff, too, so they had evidence that I was the kingpin. Mom finally broke. The car was Dad's first gift to her. And among the rings and necklaces they sold was something Mom cherished very much. It was a ring he gave her for their anniversary. And when my sisters convinced her that I was the thief, she couldn't bear the betrayal she thought I did to her. She didn't leave her room. She just told my sisters to pack my bags and throw me out. And they did so with joy, because finally they were able to get rid of the favorite. Finally, they would be the stars, and not me. I wanted to tell Mom what really happened. I wanted to tell her the truth, but she didn't want to see me. And my sisters pushed me until I was out of the house. <laughs> Good riddance. And don't you try and come back. So much for being the favorite. Now you're the prodigal son. The whole point of the prodigal son is that he returns in the end. Ha! We'll see about that.
They threw me out on the street. I was alone and cold and didn't know what to do. I would sing in the park or the subway. But people were mean and rude. They would make fun of me. And even when they complimented my voice, they never bothered to leave a tip. I starved. So, I stole. I stole from bakeries, from fruit stalls, and from delis. I'm not proud of it, but I did what I could to survive. Until one day I saw a pair of ladies lunching at a cafe. One of them was having pasta and the other some sort of frittata. I heard my stomach grumble. In the middle of their lunch, they both stood up and went inside. I saw my opportunity. I ran to their table and grabbed the frittata with one hand and dug the other hand into the pasta. I gobbled it all down. And then I saw that they'd left their purses unattended. I was going to grab them and run when a hand gently took hold of my arm and turned me around. Now, now, you can eat from our table, but please don't take our belongings. Come, sit with us. Would you like something to eat? Layla and Lola were the nicest people I've met. Instead of turning me in, instead of being mad, they helped me. They fed me, and they talked to me. They asked me about my story, and I told them what happened. And by the end of it, they offered to let me stay in their house. Of course I said yes. I was expecting a regular home and a normal room. But when they took me to their house, I realized they weren't just rich. They were billionaires. There were at least ten cars in their garage. They had a butler and twenty maids. There were paintings from Van Gogh to Picasso to Banksy lining their walls. And the room they gave me had windows from floor to ceiling and a walk-in closet bigger than my old living room. Layla and Lola took me out often, and they introduced me to everyone as their boyfriend. And I would always blush. Because who wouldn't when two very beautiful women flirt with you so openly? They both supported my dreams. They sent me to singing lessons with the best teachers in the state. And then, a year later, they introduced me to a music producer. I worked long and hard to record my own music. And yet, another year later, my album was released. Waiting for news was horrible. I could hardly sleep. They told me not to expect anything, and I was fully ready to be a flop. And the sales were bad for the first few days. By the third day, my album had sold only 125 copies. And I'm pretty sure most of them were Layla and Lola themselves. I was already about to accept that music was not for me, when the woman came running to me with excited looks on their faces. Oh my god, oh my god! Open your TikTok! What? Why? Just open TikTok now! You'll see! I scrolled through at least three videos until I realized what they meant. My song had been made into a sound, and every TikTok after that was using clips from my album. I had gone viral, and everyone wanted more. I checked on the sales and number of streams, and I couldn't believe my eyes. It had all exploded overnight. My phone rang, and when I answered, my producer was screaming in excitement. He was congratulating me and talking about how he can finally go to Ibiza for a well-deserved week of partying. He even invited me, but I had to decline. I wanted to make sure I did something to thank Layla and Lola for everything. For adopting me. 
for making my dreams a reality. The next morning, I had to go on live TV. There were endless interviews and invites to go to celebrity parties. And in a few months, I won the award for Best New Artist. It was all a whirlwind of amazingness that it felt... unreal. I felt like I was in a waking dream. And I couldn't have achieved any of it if not for three women. Lola, Layla, and of course, my mother. So, after winning it all, I paid them a visit. My mom had found out the truth, but by then my sisters had trashed her credit score and she had no other choice but to live with them and let them support her. They were all in so much debt and were struggling that the house had been put up for sale. I bought it immediately, and I gave the keys to my mom. On one condition. That my sisters never be allowed to step foot there ever again. They had to make their own way and stop using mom to get what they wanted. A few weeks later, I realized what my sisters were doing for a job. They were tagging themselves in my posts and making sure everyone knew they were my sisters. They sold stories about me to tabloids and got a decent social media following because of that. I decided not to let them make money off of me, so I sent out a statement saying they were frauds and that I was not related to them at all, just like they did to me back in school. And everyone believed me. Their sponsorships dropped them, and they lost all their followers. And now, I hear they've formed a band and are singing at the subway. They've been dubbed the worst band in town. I'm Henry. I woke up to water drops falling on my face. Was it raining in August? Why wasn't I in my bed? Was I dreaming? I forced my eyes open, feeling the cold grass beneath me. After a moment, I remembered I had fallen asleep on the front lawn the previous night. It wasn't raining. The water drops gently sprayed from the sprinkler system. I sat up and looked at our house. I shouldn't call it our house anymore. Now it's just my father's mansion. The night before, I learned that my father was a criminal. The mansion had been purchased with dirty money, and the rest of his fortune was made from criminal activities. I didn't want to live with him anymore, so I decided to camp out in the garden. Unfortunately, I had nowhere else to go. I originally thought my dad was a crypto investor. He kept saying he made his fortune thanks to Bitcoin and had a story he loved to tell about it. Years ago, a friend of his taught him about Bitcoin. His friend told him, No one understands its worth right now, but it'll increase in value in the future. Buy as much of it as you can while it's cheap. My dad sold off his car and invested the money in Bitcoin. His friend's prediction came true, and Bitcoin made my dad a millionaire. I used to listen to my dad tell his story with excitement. I was so proud of him for taking such a lucky risk. Turns out he was lying to me and everyone else. He never invested in Bitcoin in his whole life. Do you want to know where he got his money? After I tell you the truth, I know it'll shock you too. One day, I heard my mom crying. When I went to check on her, I overheard her talking on the phone with her sister. In tears, my mom said, He disappears all the time. It's been like this for years. Sometimes he doesn't even come home all night. There's no other explanation. I know he's cheating on me. I'm sure of it. But I can't prove anything. He denies it when I ask him directly. What? Was my dad cheating on my mom? Even in my anger, I felt sorry for her. I decided to help her out. She had a right to know if my dad was cheating on her. One night, I secretly took dad's phone. I knew his passcode because one time he had asked me to help him when his smartphone started bugging out. 
Assuming he hadn't changed it, I checked his messages to find out if he was cheating on my mom. I'm in, I murmured to myself. Thankfully, my dad's passcode was the same. I checked his inbox but couldn't find anything that would prove my mom's suspicions. There was nothing unusual in his messages. I also checked his photos and videos. No red flags there either. I sighed in relief. My mom had nothing to worry about. I decided I'd tell her what I'd done in the morning, hoping it would ease her mind. But then, I realized I hadn't checked the recently deleted images and videos. If he really wanted to do anything on the sly, he'd try to destroy the evidence. He wasn't great with technology. I could probably find something there if he didn't know that deleted photos and videos were kept in the trash folder for a while. My stomach lurched when I saw the massive backlog of videos in the trash folder. I anxiously tapped the first one and started watching. In the video, there was a young woman tied to a chair. Right next to her were two other people wearing ski masks. When one of them started talking, I was shocked to my core. We're making this video as proof that we kidnapped your daughter. If you go to the police, you'll never see her again. You need to pay us seven million dollars if you want to see her alive again. We'll let you know where to drop the money. I recognized that voice. It was my dad's. He and his men had kidnapped someone, demanding a seven million dollar ransom for her. As the video went on, the woman began talking. These are dangerous men, she said in tears. Please do as they say. Don't go to the police. I'm begging you. Please get me out of here. I looked at all the other deleted videos. It was the same thing over and over again. The only things that changed were the person tied to the chair and the amount of money demanded. The ransom amount was determined based on the fortune of the person they'd kidnapped. That's how I found out about my dad's real profession. I couldn't wait until the morning. I barged into my parents' bedroom and woke them up. I told them about the things I saw in the videos. My mom couldn't believe it. Is this true? Are you a criminal? How did you manage to keep this from me? She asked, horrified. My dad looked unfazed. So what? Of course I lied to you. I obviously couldn't tell anyone that I kidnap people for money. Everyone has a job. This is mine. Thanks to this job, you live in this fabulous mansion. You have a life of luxury. You're both ingrates. You should be thanking me instead. Dad, if it's ransom money from innocent people you made your fortune with, I don't want this fabulous mansion or this luxurious life, I screamed. My mom backed me up. Henry's right. We don't need all this money. I would rather live an honest life than have all this, she said. Dad was upset. Your medicine cost $50,000 a month. I'm not crazy about paying for it every single month. If I hear another word about this, I'll cut you off and kick both of you out of my house, he yelled. My mom has a rare muscle disease. She needs to take expensive drugs every month to control her condition. If she fails to take them, she'll become bedridden. We stopped trying to talk sense into my dad after he threatened to cut off my mom's medicine. After discovering the truth, I didn't want to live in my father's house. Unfortunately, I didn't have anywhere else to go, and I didn't want to leave my mother alone. So I decided to live outside the mansion, in the garden. My mom was despondent when she heard about my decision. I didn't want anything that was bought with that criminal's money. She offered me blankets and other outdoor gear, but I refused. But I still had one big problem. How was I going to feed myself? The mansion's garden was gigantic. It was so big that there were still spots in the garden that I'd never been to. Maybe I'll find a fruit tree and eat fruit for breakfast, I thought, as I explored the garden. 
I searched for a long time and found nothing to eat. I sat down on a hill to think about what to do next. I had to find a way to feed myself. Suddenly, I felt something touch my feet. I screamed in horror. Shh, stop screaming, they'll hear you. Please help me, a voice said fearfully. I pulled out the patch of grass from underneath me. A window with bars became visible. Apparently, my father and his men had built a hidden underground prison in this part of the property. Here, they'd been keeping the people they kidnapped. I'll help you. I'll get you out, I said, kneeling. I locked eyes with the person inside the prison cell. It was my favorite YouTuber, Mr. Beast. My father had kidnapped the world's biggest YouTuber for money. Mr. 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 Beast, I stuttered. Yeah, it's me. I don't want you to save me. I just want you to get me a phone, please, he said. Don't you want me to call the police? I can call them if you want. My father kidnapped you. I want to inform them personally. He sure deserves to go to jail for this, I responded. Mr. Beast said, No, I'm not going to call the police. I'll use the phone's camera. It's going to be a hell of a video. Imagine the title. I paid $5 million as ransom to my kidnappers to save myself. It's going to be my most costly video ever, but worth it. It's going to have at least 200 million views. Mr. Beast sounded so enthusiastic that I couldn't say no. I went home to get my phone and brought it back to him. Mr. Beast did as he said. When he couldn't shoot video, he did voice recordings. He hasn't published the video on his channel yet, but I know he recorded everything because he let me watch it. In the video, my father and his men were wearing ski masks, but thanks to me, Mr. Beast knew who they were. Mr. Beast called his crew with the phone I gave him. He asked them to prepare $5 million and bring it to a designated spot. I'm filming my own kidnapping and imprisonment. You guys need to record everything on your side as well, he ordered. My father gave Mr. Beast's crew the address of an abandoned factory. He demanded they bring the ransom there. Two people from Mr. Beast's crew brought the money in bags and delivered them to my father. In return, he set Mr. Beast free. Meanwhile, Mr. Beast's crew recorded the entire exchange on camera. You'll get to watch it when the video drops. Apart from the first video, Mr. Beast did one other video that will be published after it's posted on YouTube. The video's titled, I gave $10 million to the person who identified my kidnappers. You guessed it right, that person is me. Mr. Beast told the police my father's real identity. The same day, the police organized a raid on the mansion where they caught him and his men. He looked into my eyes when the police were taking him away. I'm going to jail because of you. You're not my son. I'm disowning you, he screamed, giving me a hateful stare. He got even more irate when he saw me acting cold toward him. Yes, I'm a criminal, but you're the son of a criminal, and that will follow you all your life, he said. In the meantime, when the police officers searched the underground prison, they found another victim. My father had kidnapped someone else after Mr. Beast. Thankfully, that was his last victim. I can rest easy knowing that he's behind bars. Currently, my father's trial is pending, but he'll likely spend most of his life in prison. The police confiscated all his property. They sold everything, including the mansion, and gave the proceeds to everyone who paid him ransom. My mom and I moved into a lovely apartment. Thanks to Mr. Beast's award, we can afford my mom's medicine every month. Even though my mother felt terrible for my father, she said, This had to happen. Your father can't kidnap innocent people anymore. He's gotten what he deserves. I still think about my father on occasion. His last words to me can't hurt me. I'm not the son of a criminal anymore. I'm the son of an incarcerated man serving a well-deserved sentence.